You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. If you're traveling in the north country fire Where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there For she once was a true love of mine All right, this episode we're going to be talking about Bob Dylan's Freewheelin' Bob Dylan. In the room, I have John. Hi. I have Ben. Hey. And I have Charles. Hey. <laughs> uh, the Freewheelin' Bob Dylan is the second studio album by American singer-songwriter Bob Dylan, released in May 27, 1963 by Columbia Records. It was produced by John Hammond uh, and Tom Wilson. The genre is folk and blues. After Bob Dylan's self-titled debut album contained only two original songs and sold a lackluster 5,000 copies in the first year, just enough to break (laughs) even, uh, Columbia Records wasn't expecting much from the follow-up album. They could have never foresaw that the Free Willin' would be the start of the most influential folk singer in history. Free Willin' saw Dylan's extraordinary development as a songwriter pairing contemporary words with traditional melodies in which he created 11 original songs of the 13 on the album. The album opens with Blown in the Wind, which became an anthem of the 1960s. Many of the album's songs are regarded among Dylan's best compositions and classics of the 1960s folk scene. Girl from the North Country, Masters of War, A Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, and Don't Think Twice, It's Alright. Uh, the free will and lyrics embrace news stories drawn from headlines about civil rights, anxiety about nuclear warfare, love songs that were at times bitter and accusatory, and Dylan's unique brand of surreal humor. The album showcased Dylan's songwriting talent for the first time. It propelled him to national and international fame. The success of the album and Dylan's subsequent recognition led to his being named the spokesman of a generation, the title the singer actually hated. All right, what did we think of the Free Will and Bob Dylan? I thought it was great. Yeah, it does, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm I'm not generally a person who is into folk music. I'm not into a lot of music, if I keep saying the things I say. Um, but then I end up being into them. So, uh, no, this is this is a great album. Uh, I think, you know, for uh, a first taste of Dylan, which I don't know how many times you want to taste of Dylan. but um, Wait, is this your the first this encounter? Is, this is not my first ever encounter with Bob Dylan. I mean, okay. he's a cultural icon. You're going to get some Dylan yeah, on yeah, you yeah. wherever you go. Yeah. Uh, but I've not delved into his albums. I've not tried to listen to him over time. I know that later on he his unique style, whatever you want to call it, kind of that nasally accented accents, yeah, got a lot more pronounced in his later performances. Um, but right now on this album, I don't find it offensive. I find the the playing great. I find his timing and delivery awesome. Um, you know, and I could find myself like sitting down and listening to this album again. I dug it. It was, it was definitely it was very listenable. Uh, like John, you know, being being alive on this world for thirty six years, you get Dylan on you. 
<laughs> but this is also this is the I think the first time that I've just like sat and listened to a Dylan record from start to finish. And yeah, I, I really dug it. It was a lot more listenable for pop damaged ears than I expected it to be going in. And you know, it's it's peppered with classics that everyone knows. Yeah, as well, you know. Yeah, my first encounter with Dylan was um, I bought uh, Highway 61 Revisited, and that one's you know one of my favorite Dylan albums. And then I went back and bought Blonde on Blonde, and most of those have Dylan with a full band. So this one, listening to it, um, it it's like Dylan light. It's very simple. It's just him, a harmonica, and his guitar, and he manages to you know <clears throat> deliver everything that he needs to say and. He doesn't need a full backup band to get his message across. So I thought that was kind of neat listening to it where it's very simple, but it's it's moving. Yeah, yeah, moving. I, I mean, uh, starting out with uh, Blown in the Wind, I mean, that's classic song and powerful lyrics and, and Hard Rain Gonna Fall where just those lyrics stretch out. I mean, as a long poem, it was kind. Of, it's kind of incredible like how much he he advanced as like a songwriter you know from the that first album not doing so well and he kind of did a lot of covers and we were we were kind of harsh on uh joan baez and i think one of the the reasons is because she was doing standards and you know all folk people do standards but this pushed him like into a new spectrum where people he almost you know became a phenomenon had groupies of people trying to imitate and you know dig into his lyrics and things well and i feel on this album dylan did <clears throat> the genius thing that a lot of um you know uh, mid-90s rappers do or did which is to find something that is at the heart of um a cultural identity you know a folk song and don't sing the exact folk song just lay over the themes that you want to put on that sort of semi-traditional tune yeah so a lot of his songs uh, blowing in the wind is apparently an old Sort of has the same format as an old Negro spiritual. Um, uh, Hard Rain's Gonna Fall, I think, is maybe based a little bit off of, a, or maybe North Country Girl is based off of a, a traditional song. And so you sort of, you tap that that node where it feels familiar. Somewhere far back it feels familiar. And then you bring something fresh to it. And it's really approachable. I heard one person starve. I heard many people laughing. Heard the song of a poet who died in the gutter. I heard the sound of a clown who cried in the alley. And it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard rains are gonna fall. I haven't heard. Uh, I'm not that familiar with the the self-titled first album mm-hmm. that you're talking about, his debut. Mm-hmm. That's all but two cover songs. Baffles me. I don't mind Bob Dylan's voice. I, I like. Uh, I, I like uh, unique, not classical voices. You know, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I, it, it's surprising to me that someone would like. I, I always thought that you know he was prized by his songwriting, and then people were like. Oh yeah, the voice is fine too because you come with these songs. I think so. Right? So I can't imagine an album of just Bob Dylan's nasally voice and, and uh, songs that are pre-written. Like uh, I, I don't. I'm trying to imagine like the label exec that's like, who's going to sing all these songs? 
oh, how about Bobby Zimmerman over there with his nose voice? I, I always thought, like, it, it's like the cart before the horse. I mean, I thought that he, he rode in on the strength of his songwriting and then, like, had the clout to also be the one, like, singing. Yeah. Good point. Do, do you know much about uh, Robert Zimmerman's background musically? I mean, I don't, I don't know all of it. I read a little bit that I think he had picked up some pieces here and there doing, like... Yeah, he's he was real big in the folk scene. So it wasn't that he wasn't already a player, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's already proven himself somewhat in a performance standpoint, you know, he's he's in the scene uh, with Joan Baez and and others. And so it wasn't like it was I think what Columbia was trying to do is just kind of collect the, you know, it was it was like yeah. becoming more and more of a hit. Joan Baez, that album actually, you know, was very big seller and they were involved. And so I think they were, wanted to start collecting these people, collect like, the, the folks. Singers. Like Pokemons. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> I think he was, and I think it's kind of like what you said, like, yeah, let's let's have this uh, Bobby Zimmerman sing on this one, <laughs> because I think he had been around like performing under pseudonyms for the label, like uh, Blind Boy Grunt. <laughs> and that's legitimately one of his pseudonyms. I think he played a few songs for the the label, and I think he maybe did some stuff for Ramblin' Jack, like bit playing on the back of some of his tracks. So it makes sense. They're like, all right, well. <laughs> Blind Boy Grunt is not a good nickname for a white boy with 2020 vision. <laughs> <laughs> From Lithuanian Jewish parents out of Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I think this is such a strong album based on his his writing ability mm-hmm. i mean there's just something about it he the the lyrics that he's saying in hard rain i mean amazing lyrics and his his personality comes through and something that i was uh pleasantly surprised by was his sense of humor comes through yeah like in uh like the last track i shall be free i, I was i was tickled pink listening <laughs> to that last song people have said that that is kind of an anti-climax for the album but I, I found it really refreshing. Disagree. I needed it. <laughs> like, yeah. Not that all of the songs are bummers or down, but they're so, I don't know, not introspective. They're sort mm-hmm. of, they, they are thought-provoking. They make you feel the, the sort of, the sentiment of the times. And then for him to sort of throw a, hey, I'm human at the end of the yeah. album mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. I also think, I, I think that Don't Think Twice, It's All Right might be one of the best breakup songs ever written. <laughs> it's an excellent line. You know, <laughs> it's true. It's, it, all, like, all of the lyrics to it, they're so, like, uh, they're never accusing, uh, accusatory, and they're never derogatory, but they're ice cold. Oh, so you know? cold. They're ice cold. Yeah. And you can deliver that line, Don't Think Twice, Babe, It's All Right, mm-hmm. in so many different inflections, mm-hmm. and, and, and permutate that line into being, you know, forgiving, to being cutting <laughs> you know but like yeah like like he he like never breaks his composure lyrically like the lyrics are they're like they're lyrics that you could say to someone's mom you know like uh but yeah but they're cold <laughs> <laughs> well apparently some of the background on that is i forget what her name is DeSoto or something the girlfriend that he had at the time picked up and left for italy and he says it references in one of the songs, like Susie. Yeah, was it Susie? Uh, Rotolo. Rotolo. There you go. She's on the cover. Yeah. Oh, actually. is that her? Yes, that's a. That's a. I was wondering who that was. She got famous. That's why she left. <laughs> she wasn't famous at that point. I think she just like her mom's like, "You want to go to art school in Italy?" And she's like, "Okay, I don't care. I don't want to uh, be with Bobby Zimmerman right, in my life. Yeah, exactly. He's going <laughs> like, nowhere. <laughs> Five thousand albums. I'm out. <laughs> well, like, 
uh, for the sake of argument, she had already posed for the cover shot, so he's going somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's releasing an album in Columbia. See, but did you see <laughs> the album performance before this one? <laughs> I'm surprised they gave him a second album. Hey, two, uh, what, five thousand in a year. That's uh, math- oh, that's Elvis numbers, huh? That's, that's mathematically Elvis numbers <laughs> for uh, Elvis, Elvis is, is back. back. Yeah. 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 But granted. I'm sure it sold more in its first year than other years. We just took how many years it was out, <laughs> divided that by how long it took to reach 100,000 records. Right, right. 2,000 right. a year. <laughs> how many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must the white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Isn't how many times must the cannonballs fly Before they're forever banned The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind The answer is blowing in the wind I think this album too i mean we're starting to get more into speaking as a whole on this project we're starting to get more into these albums that are not necessarily singles you know that are, are more the the whole album like you're looking at it at a whole album perspective and i think this is one of those that it it kind of has a flow to it um which i think is really strong mm-hmm. it, you know the end of Hard Rain's Gonna Fall is the end of the first side of the record, you know, and... Um, oh, then it comes back with Don't Think Twice? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Come, he he kind of came from a blues background, and he, he fell into the folk folk scene. I thought it was very interesting that he he does reference, you know, the civil rights movement, movement in some of the songs, but he's also talking about, like, nuclear war, which I think is... I can't think of an earlier, you know, uh, a folk album that predominantly features like a nuclear, like fears about nuclear war. I mean, not at not in '63 at least. Yeah, which which kind of seems strange to me, mm-hmm. but it's he's got a very fresh take, a very new take on. Um, we were talking about Ramblin' Jack before, you know, where that is the troubadour life, and he is, he is that new breed. He is the the new uh, iteration of folk music. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an intellectual, socially conscious, social conscious, yeahness. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think it's a one to one relationship. Saying you know this is about the Cuban Missile Crisis because it came out I think a month before that happened, um, but. It can't not encapsulate that feeling, that sentiment of the world, you know, at at each other's throats. Yeah. I mean... It's Cold War. Yeah. Just like his lyrics, cold. (laughs) Ice cold. The ice ice cold war. All right, what do we think in terms of... Is it a keeper? Yeah, for the list. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I can't hate on this. Yeah, uh... I mean, you could you could discuss his his voice and, and maybe uh, the, the harmonica is. We're not probably going to get another chance to discuss his voice, aren't we? Oh, we're going to have. <laughs> <laughs> he recorded um, 
uh, Hi- Highway uh, 61 Revisited, Blonde on Blonde, and um, uh, Bring It, yeah, Bring It All, all Back Home. Uh, Those were all recorded within an 18 month uh, period. Really? That's yes. crazy. Amazing, amazing wow. uh, things, but I, I think all three of those made the made the cut on this. Yeah, as they should. They're solid D- Dylan albums. Yeah. Not to jump ahead. Yeah, but jump ahead. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Wholeheartedly agree. This is a, a great album, and just amazing that he was, you know, so young, writing so well. I mean, even today we're still looking at these lyrics, and yeah, going back to this album. He always said too that um, he doesn't make the songs. The songs are there. He writes them down, which I always found That's found cool. interesting. That he had this idea that if he doesn't write them down, someone else will. I it's mean, like a wizard, <laughs> just pulling songs out of the air. <laughs> but it's interesting. Bob Dylan, I think, and you're right, has kind of had this. He didn't ask for the fame. He didn't, yeah. you know, jump to the the marketing and everything that would have propelled him where it propelled him there were others around him who did it for him but he never sought it yeah he didn't he actually kind of actively turned against it i guess he's one of the first artists to be like oh i don't i don't want to be famous <laughs> yeah but it is incredible to think about you know how young he was how young was he 21 at this time yeah i guess i didn't specify at what time right oh you mean right now he was... I, don't I don't know how old he is right now <laughs> how old was he four Ah. At some point, right? Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably was. Yeah. Pete Seeger says that "Hard Rain," uh, in his opinion, is the song that would outlast any other uh, written by Dylan. Do you agree with that sentiment? No, I think "Blown in the Wind" has achieved yeah. a level that is beyond. Uh, I mean, there's so many, like a Rolling yeah. Stone, mm-hmm. all yeah. along the Watchtower. Turn, turn, yeah. turn. Well, turn, turn, turn. I think uh, is yeah, that's biblical, not, right? That's, yeah. yeah. But uh, Tambourine Boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, guys, Tambourine Boys, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So I have to say one thing about Blowing in the Wind. I did see Bob Dylan, and it was probably 2010. Uh, and he was electric. You know, he wasn't doing any, any of the acoustic stuff, which I loved. He was doing a lot of new stuff, which I actually appreciate for artists. I kind of hate when artists rest on laurels and you know just just want to crowd please you know play the hits yeah if if you want to play you know your new album or whatever you don't owe it to anybody to to play your old songs but there was a moment and he did play blown in the wind and it was one of the last songs and he played it in such a hokey fashion i thought he was like it's almost making fun of himself, you know, like, and he's like kind of telling the audience to get into it. And I turned to my wife and I was like, if this was any other person, I would punch them in the face. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. At least when you saw Dylan, he was playing the guitar still. When I recently saw him, he just stopped. He only does piano now because of his arthritis in his hands. Yeah, he played He played a little bit, but he definitely also didn't. You know, it, it was kind of a half and half. But he's playing with Elvis Costello. That was, that oh, was that that's at, interesting. Uh, was that in Bloomington at yeah. the auditorium? Yep. I remember hearing about that show. Yeah. Which was interesting because Elvis Costello <laughs> played... Uh, more of a solo show he was kind of by himself and just had like one or two people uh backing him and dylan had a full band i mean there were like 15 people on stage still got it 
All right, so I think we all can all agree, must listen. All right, next episode, we'll be talking about Phil Spector's A Christmas Gift for You. It truly was. Thanks. Thanks. Mr. Clean. She takes about 15 baths a day, wants me to grow a mustache on my face. She's insane. Ask me why I'm drunk all the time It levels my head and eases my mind I just walk along and stroll and sing I see better days and I do better things I catch dinosaurs Make love to Elizabeth Taylor Catch hell from Richard Burton 